Hi everybody, welcome to the second part of our scandal episode on uh, Wrong Term Memory. My name's Jack. And my name's Colin. Uh, I would ask you how you are, Jack, and try and do a little bit of... Um, a little bit of... Um, Kidology. Kidology, yeah, that's the word, because that's what you're going to do at the start of a podcast recording, but we're recording this immediately after recording the previous one, so let's not insult our listeners' intelligence. <laughs> Pretend that, oh, I'm good to be, how's your week been? Oh, it's been very, very good. I did this and did that, because we've done fuck all. We've done fuck all. We'll still give our executive producers a shout-out, but Mark Brown, Robert McMillan, Sandy McClarty, Lee Ruffin, and Stuart Glass. Big kudos to you guys. Um, all the links that were in last week's show notes will be there again, so go follow them, give them a high five, because they are top potatoes. Now, we left it last week, mate, with um, political scandals, and like one of the things we were talking about was the the Great British Scandal that Wondery had done as a podcast, but generally there are some great, and inverted commas, just British scandals. There are some great ones, and... Um... It's some of these are just very, very British that you can't they imagine are, some of these things yeah. happening in, in in another country. Um, it, it's quite quaint, it's quite funny, and it's just something wonderful about this this island that we we live on. Um, so even just reading through the notes that you've prepared for this, uh, there was a wee bit wee twings of nostalgia that I was getting quite enjoying, like reading these. So yeah, there's some good stuff here. Well, that's it. Like if you don't think of political scandals and you think of scandals in the last sort of maybe 20-odd years in Britain, one of the first ones that's going to jump to mind is the Who Wants to Be a Millionaire Coughing scandal <laughs> with Charles Ingram. They've actually made a fucking ITV series, I think, uh, about they did this. Do one, yeah, they did. did you watch it? No. Uh, nah, I didn't watch it, mate. Nah, I I'd, I'd, watched a, I'd, I'd watched a documentary about the thing before um, with the, some of the main characters and stuff like that, so I didn't really watch the dramatisation of it. It takes a lot for me to watch an ITV drama. Oh, they're garbage, man. They're absolutely yeah. fucking garbage. Like, there's something... It's just something about ITV. They're fucking... They don't produce high-quality television. Now, you watch, you've watched a documentary about it, Ellie, so you know a little bit more. For anybody that's lived under a rock for the last 20 years, you want to tell us a little bit about Charles Ingram, basically? Yeah, so... Obviously, this this fella applies for who wants millionaire Charles Ingram. He's an ex army major, mm. quite an intelligent guy, um, and he gets himself onto the show. Getting himself onto the show is not enough though, because you still need to be the fastest finger and get yourself selected to actually play the game. Out of fifteen people or so sat in the in the studio, he manages to do that, and he gets himself into the game. Now, famously, you've got the lifelines, you've got the ask an audience, you've got the phone a friend, you've got the fifty fifty. He, however, also made a separate little. Um, Lifeline for himself as well by having a friend in the audience. Um, a guy called, was it, was it Limbit something? I think it was Limbit something, the guy's name was, um, who sat in the audience. And what he did, Jack, was when Chris Tarrant read out the options for the answers to the questions, he would cough to tell Charles Ingram that that was the correct answer. So, what colour is the sky? And you would hear green, red, yellow. Blue, <laughs> blue, blue. <laughs> yeah, and um, that was Charles Ingram's uh, point of reference at that point to to go with the answer if he wasn't sure of it himself. He got away with it, mate. He got through the fifteen rounds of questions. He won the money. He got given the money. Was it not half a million he won? Was it half a million? I don't think he won the full million. I think he got to the second last. I think. Yeah, I I'm saying right it's after. a famous scandal, but I don't think he won the million. Yeah, you might be right. Actually, he, he got a fair old chunk of money anyway. 
And it was only afterwards they started investigating it. Somebody pointed out the coffin. One thing led to another, and uh, it all came out. And it just was it was just so crazy. What a stupid scam to cough in a TV studio when everything's recorded. But like, like obviously there was the phone the friend thing as well. So like that, yeah, it used to be live until one day they basically like somebody phoned up their pal and went, uh, right, get on Google and type in blah blah blah, and you could tell the guy going, <laughs> it was like right B because the guy obviously just looked it up live when the internet like got to a speed where you could maybe do that and figure it out, and it wasn't until then that I think they actually got your phone or friends basically to go in and. Like in a room or whatever, so they couldn't do that. Yeah, they, they basically started isolating and having somebody sat with them at the time. Yeah. Um, That's yeah. their end fault, but like, obviously you've got to fucking do that. Of course you would. Why would you not? Yeah. I think one of your pals, Martin, um, his pal was on Who Wants to Be Halloween, I think, or somebody that he knew. Um, and he was actually asked to be one of his phone of friends and he didn't get phoned. Um Martin was on the How to Write a Book series that we done a while ago, remember? Yes, he was. Um, quite a clever guy, he didn't get phoned. But uh, I think his pal went caught him out. Or, I say pal, like a guy that he knows. Um, and and he's, I'm pretty sure he went caught him out anyway. Which is pretty good going, man. It's brilliant. It's fucking brilliant money, yeah, for answering a couple of questions. One of my PE teachers got on it, but he was a fucking simpleton, man. I don't even think he got the quickest finger right question oh right. that would be about the buzz yeah that would be that would be a mistake and obviously the, 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 the another thing about this show Jack I don't think we've mentioned this before it's back on the TV now who wants to be on here presented by Jeremy Clarkson and there's now a fourth guide, uh, fourth lifeline <laughs> ask Jeremy you, ask Jeremy <laughs> and there's been more than one occasion where Jeremy's a stupid cunt <laughs> he's got it wrong and people have lost money because they've went with what Jeremy said um, yeah, the 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 one that I, I would like, I've not watched that a lot, but it's been on in the background, and they were talking about, uh, I think it was an onyx, which is a type of goat. Like, I I just know that a lot of people will know that that on it's one of those goats that can stand on a, a cliff basically. Right. And the guy went, I don't know what an onyx is, and it was like a uh, goat, deer, rabbit, fox, and the first thing Jeremy Clarkson said was, "Well, I know that it's not." A goat, and that's the first thing he said. And he, so that's like confidence. And the guy agreed with him. He said, "I think the onyx is a deer." And he went from I think because you get to pick your bank point now. Have you seen that? Ah, uh-huh, yeah. I think the guy hadn't banked, and he was in thirty-two to get to sixty-four, and uh, went down to one grand because Jeremy Clarkson said that an onyx was a deer. Um, and you believe Jeremy Clarkson because he's a farmer, mate. You should know this stuff. Well, that's the thing. I, have you watched the farm, Jeremy Clarkson's I watched farm? It, I watched the first season, of, and you know what? I shouldn't enjoy it. It should be. It's, it should be awful, but it's very, very it's good. Man, I really enjoyed it. Like, yeah. I really, there's only been one season. I really enjoyed it's, it. Man. Is season two not out now? It's not. Well, it's not in the prime that I've got. No. Oh, maybe it's not out yet. Um, but the, the wee ginger guy that does does all the work for him basically is Caleb. a guy. Yeah, <laughs> he's almost like a wee Carl Pilkington type guy. This is the worst thing over. When he goes to London, man, he just can't. Eat, like he's scared to get up the building and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. he's trying to sell wasabi. Yeah, I, I would say Mitch probably shouldn't like it, but sat and watched the f- eight episodes uh, over the last sort of couple of days with Carl. So yeah, um, it's not bad. I'm talking about sort of. Um, Farming and stuff like that. There was the horse meat scandal. Oh, 
Oof, Do you remember this? Because although that horse meat is sort of fine to eat, you kind of want to know what you're eating when you're eating a burger. And it just so happened that this horse meat came from racehorses, and racehorse meat is not good um, to eat because there's chemicals in it that they give to the racehorses. So there was a kick, the people were kicking up a fuck about this. Do you remember that? Yeah. Was it I Tesco? Do remember it. It was, it was Findus, and it was at Findus or. It was some companies, lasagnas, basically that caused this. Right, right. That was the the main thing that it was found in, and it's this is a scandal because Jack people are very particular. Why why is it suddenly so bad to eat horse compared to eating a cow? It's because they so for some reason people humanize a horse. Horses are pets, so it suddenly becomes a much worse thing, and people were, were going nuts about it. I believe in a lot of ways, if you take out the, the horse race horse side of it. I think a horse meat is actually a very lean meat. It's actually quite good for you. Probably um, is. Yeah. It's probably better for you than the the fucking cows' noses and guts and toenail clippings you probably get in a Findus lasagna normally. Um, but because people didn't know they were getting it, they were rightly annoyed and kicked up a hell of a lot of fuss about it. And it became a far bigger thing because you found out, listen, this isn't a one-off. There's, there's horse meat and various other stuff put in all sorts of stuff that they don't tell you about. And it, it just became a mad thing for them. I don't think it's the fact that it's horse meat and horses are friends. I think it's the fact that you just get lied to, basically. Just yeah, it's beef, but it's no beef. It's horse, and it's something you're putting in your body at the end of the day, isn't it? You should know what you're putting. You in your should body. really know what you're putting in your body. I don't think it was the fact that it was horses or pals, or even the fact that it was race horses. Uh, it was just the fact that they were putting anything in, and it didn't particularly matter. Um, Big Brother won. When was that out now? Because that was scandalous. 98, 99, I think. Yeah, so fucking 25 years ago nearly. Uh, with Nasty Nick trying to cheat. Yeah, mate, this was... This was a massive scandal. Yeah, like, this was actually, it was the year 2000, right? It was, it was the year 2000, and this was when Big Brother was a proper social experiment. This was... It wasn't people trying to become stars. It wasn't. It didn't have any history behind it. It was the first birth of the show. People didn't even get the big entrances going in. It was just twelve people in a house. Let's watch them. And there had been this guy Nick Nasty Nicky became known as. But his name was Nick Bateman, and um, he'd been a bit creepy, a bit weird. People didn't really like him. It was an oddball. Yeah. Yeah. He wore a Euro two thousand England polo shirt every day, and. Um, it came out that he'd basically been, been not cheating, but he'd been trying to manipulate the others. And he'd been doing that by basically writing down names on a bit of paper and showing people who he wanted to nominate and trying to get and influence them and get them to nominate them as well. Mm. And at the time, this was pre-reality TV. There wasn't Love Island. There wasn't... This was reality TV. TV. This was yeah. like the turning point in our fucking... Life basically was that Big Brother. That's what kicked off all this stuff. <laughs> it like was, if you were to pinpoint it, it would be Big Brother One. Yeah. Yeah. And the idea that somebody would do this on TV and try and manipulate people and cheat was just unheard of. And there was a builder in the show, a guy called um Craig. Craig. Yeah, Craig the Scouser. And uh, he was a builder and he was on the show basically to try and win the money, seventy thousand pounds, because he wanted to give it to his friend at Down Syndrome to basically improve her life, basically. Just a really nice guy. Aye. And he basically found out what was happening. Him and a big guy called Darren found out what was happening and they, they sat them all down and this guy Craig basically called Daft Nick out about it live on this Big Brother recording 
And I always remember is that you've been writing down names. You've done a nasty, nasty plan and all this sort of stuff. And right. like I'm an absolute big brother loser, right? The fact that I can remember Big Darren's name and all this sort of stuff. It's just mad. But the whole country, mate, was absolutely gripped on this. And this guy, Nick, right, who at the end of the day, all he did, right, was try and win a TV game show. You try one Charlie Grant by writing down names. It's, yeah, it's no different to somebody going on fucking golden balls and lying to try and win that, right? He basically just did a tactic to try and win £70,000. And he became the most hated man in the country. People wanted to hang him. They wanted him to die, basically. And, oh my gosh, it was just huge, huge TV. And probably the best thing that ever happened to Big Brother because it just catapulted it into it did. Yeah. one of the biggest things on TV. Yeah, bro. Like, uh, that was when... I think I watched the first three quite religiously, then um, watched a couple of celebrity ones later on when I started seeing Calm, but I've not, I've not watched a lot of it, but yeah, it yeah. was like a social thing. It started in Holland, I think, with Endemol, obviously. Endemol, uh, yeah. Yeah, with uh, Richard Osmond. Not the big, massive, country pointless, but another guy called Richard Osmond. I got them mixed up years ago. I think maybe on a podcast. And people were like, look, you get them mixed up. But uh, a guy called Richard Osmond started Endemol, I think. And yeah, it was, um, it was like, was that Anna, the fucking nun? Anna was she, the Irish nun, yeah. She was the Irish nun. So it was like, like back then it was like, it, it was like slicing society sort of, not down the middle, but they had a builder, a nun, like a fireman and stuff like that. Maybe that's season three. I'm thinking with Johnny or something. But you thought you had Johnny the fireman season. So basically, if you think about it, I feel like it's the first three it was seasons, right? People, aye. Craig won. Season two, Brian Dowling won. Who was a gay air steward. And season three, uh, Clay, uh, what's, I just lost her name. Kate. Uh, Kate Waller won. Yeah. Um, then I think it's Big Brother Four. You had um, Nadia when it started going a little bit more crazier people sort of thing but it's and it's just people it's just fame for being famous that's what it is now yeah like you'll get I, people in celebrity big brother or in all reality shows uh-huh. like yeah like celebrity like can watch all that stuff so celebrity dating will be a guy from Tui who a celebrity star and a girl from fucking love island <laughs> it, i don't know i'm just i'm like an old man when it comes to stuff like that man there's it's a fucking lot of nonsense, but I think see if you see if you sat me down right and you showed me the the cast picture for every season of Big Brother. I reckon I could name you. I reckon I would get ninety five percent of the names right. Yeah, I don't. I, I don't. Yeah, you definitely wouldn't. You just don't remember stuff like that. But I, I, I was obsessed with Big Brother, mate. I absolutely loved it. Right. Absolutely loved it. I remember, I remember me and you know Hubbard as well. Right. We went, we went to Benidorm on our first boys' holiday at the time of this was going on, <laughs> and the pubs in Benidorm were showing the final live in the pub. <laughs> That's how big a thing Big Brother was. That was massive. People, right. people were going to the pub on holiday to watch the final. It was just madness. I found a lot of these on Reddit, mate. So whether or not they're particularly scandalous is up for debate. But uh, one person put the Boaty McBoatface um, thing. <laughs> Um, on saying that the people were not obeyed and absolutely mock of a democratic process, basically, because it did um, get named the RSS Sir David Attenborough instead of Boaty McBoatface. So is that a kick in the face to democracy? 
because it happens all the time. Yeah. <laughs> like people just take a piss. You get does, internet takeovers. You can't have yeah. a you can't have a democratic process when a fucking hashtag can take over it. Basically. You can, and it's and it is it does annoy people because people do get very very precious at the fact they voted for something and it's not been taken up. There was a, there was one in Scotland as well about the 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 name the the, the name Glasgow or the or name the, Scotland's the gritter. The oh, the gritter. Oh. And um, the one that won was Gary Gritter. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot it was that one. <laughs> and they, they obviously never went with it, and people were furious about it. Um, they, to be fair, those Gritters do have some quite funny names. They have let some quite hilarious ones win. Um, I can't remember any of them off the top of my head, but Gary Gritter was a step too far for them. I t- I see if you've got time, mate. Just see if you can find any Gritter names while I tell you about Jamie Oliver. Right, go for it. Then. On his crusade, basically, uh, a bender against unhealthy food. You know, he's a fat bastard nowadays anyway, so um, <laughs> whether or not you particularly want to listen to them, but I, I can sort of remember this video where he's, he's standing in front of a classroom, primary school kids, and he's telling them all the horrors about chicken nuggets. Basically, turkey twizzlers, yeah. he's like that. Fucking Bernard Matthews, it's got toenails in it. They smash it off our walls, it's got eyeballs in it. Who here would eat a chicken nugget and every single child in the classroom put their hand up, man, and he just looked like a fucking broken individual? He was, he was devastated. <laughs> this, was, this, was the same, this was the same show where he banned all the rubbish in the canteen and at lunchtime the parents were passing McDonald's over the fence to the kids. Ah, uh, yeah, I think, uh, that's it. I, we've actually got that down at the bomb. It was, oh, uh, it was um, a place called Maltby in Yorkshire. So we get parents passing buckers through the fence at Maltby Primary School in a response to healthy eating initiatives. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck oh, me, my, 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 I'd rather have my way in, not annoy me. By making him die, basically. <laughs> yeah, he was like a fucking broken man after that, man. Yeah. Poor bastard. Um, I found some um, snow ploughs. Hey, okay. Um, so I love, I love puns because I can't do them. <laughs> yeah, you'll love this. Uh, Buzz, ice clear. <laughs> no, that's not that good. Right? <laughs> Spready mercury. <laughs> yes. Uh, brain freeze. <laughs> um, Spready mercury. <laughs> License to chill. <laughs> um, beer chills. <laughs> love these one. Um, Gritney Spears. <laughs> Gritney Spears. <laughs> um, William Wall Ice. Um, Snow Connery. Oh, no. Uh, you Only Grit Ice. And the last one is Gritley Come Dancing. <laughs> <laughs> Gritley Spears is the best one, man. I really enjoyed that. Oh, oh. Oh, <laughs> remember that woman that just put the cat in the bin? <laughs> oh, fuck, yeah. Again, <laughs> the most been doing in the country for ages as well. That poor oh, cat. It's mad how like something like that can really take off. Like, fucking, I've got cats. I'm animal lover. Like, it's not hard to say that. I love animals. Like, it's like, Ricky Gervais does it quite a lot. Like, get behind a, a cause that nobody can disagree with, basically. Like, don't kill tigers, and he shouts it from the rooftops, and people go, oh, what a hero. Like, don't put cats in bins, but the the way the women get treated was, like you say, is like a fucking war criminal. You know what I mean? Like, fucking... <laughs> this was a Nazi, basically. Oh, yeah. oh yeah. Jesus Christ. 
Um, what about Cocoa Pops, Jack? They they changed the name to Choco Krispies. No, and people I, went fucking nuts. I don't remember this one. I don't remember Choco Krispies because I've never. I don't think I've ever bought Cocoa Pops as a as a cereal, so I wouldn't have noticed this. But yeah, I think people were not happy about it. It was basically yeah, it happened in nineteen ninety eight, around about then. And the thing is, this wasn't a brand new idea or such. Right. Choco Krispies is what Cocoa Pops were called. Pretty much everybody else in the world. Right. It was only here because we had the the song. I'd rather have a bottle, a bottle of Cocoa, Cocoa Pops. Pops. Um, and it's. They they wanted to basically just bring it in line for the other countries, so they just had one packaging, one brand name, and all that sort of stuff. But we just went crazy because that wasn't what we were used to, and people stopped buying them because they weren't Cocoa Pops. Um, do you know that in a lot of professional recording studios, Jack, um, yeah. that's the sound check they do. Like Cocoa Pops because it's yeah. got it's got seasoned pops in it. Yeah, yeah, but they also do the the sound check to make sure you're both talking at the same time. They get them to actually go. I'd rather have a bowl of. And then the other one does go, go, bops, and that's oh, how they kind of do their timing and stuff. They say the clap check or the click check. Like you can yeah, do that as well. They do the go, go, bops one, yeah. Uh, it's like Sif. That used to be Jeff. It did used to be Jeff, aye. Uh, but like, other countries, J's or H's, basically. So in our countries, it was like Heath, Heath. <laughs> and then they changed it to Sif, and cunts were like, I'm not buying Sif, it's Jeff. Oh, fucking geez, peace, man. Like, I don't know how like, people can get so connected to like a name, a brand name. It's mad that like it's, it's just yeah. It's like links, links. The it's called Axe. Everybody Axe, else knows oh. But if you see a, if you see a kind of Axe, you go, "That's cheap shit." That's fucking fake. <laughs> that stuff. Aye. Right? Or I think Walker Scripps. Everybody else is called Lays. All right. Okay. Um, but we just can't have anything but Walkers because that's what we were used to. That's what we grew up with. Yeah. KFC supposedly changed their delivery supplier. Do you remember this? Ran out of chicken and every country yeah. went mental. <laughs> this was like, this was the pandemic before the pandemic. <laughs> like people people lost their shit that KFC didn't have chicken. And it's a big deal when KFC doesn't have chicken because the C in KFC stands for chicken. They've not got like burgers or anything else that they can fall back upon. Like McDonald's can if it runs out of nuggets or something. But yeah, they I, changed supplier and they just ran out of chicken. Couldn't get chicken to their stores. Totally off topic, man. Like, um, one of the guys that I've... That we, we both know, I think it's Tremendo Hendo on um, on Twitter. Uh-huh. Um, he posted one today, he was um, outside of his kids' school, and they were talking about Kentucky Fried Chicken. Mm-hmm. And he heard a kid say, KFC doesn't stand for Kentucky Fried Chicken, it stands for Killed a Fat Kid, or Killed Fat <laughs> Children. And it's like, oh <laughs> I'm surprised that has never come up before, man. I've never heard that before. I've never so. heard that before either. No, <laughs> well, well done to... Tremendo Hendo uh, for telling us that, and well done to the kids for coming up for that, man. Yeah. That was like I remember. I remember back in the day when we were at school, it was it was seen as quite cool to wear a Gap hoodie, and right. people. But this rumor started that Gap stood for gay and proud, <laughs> and, <laughs> and no guys ever wore it again. <laughs> That's what it takes, mate. It's something like that, and you're fucked. Kills a um, man. No, I hadn't. I hadn't heard this one before. Um, but uh, I did research this a little bit further than just the headline because we're going to read out a phone conversation that happened, mate, and it was between Prince Charles and Camilla Parker Bowles when he basically said he wanted to be her tampon. Yes. Um, Who's going Charles? Like, you're going Charles here, right? And I'm going right, to go Camilla. Going. Okay. Yeah. Are you going to be doing the voices? <laughs> what? 
like some Welsh Indian guy. It's, it's then a posh voice, yeah. Let's just right. a posh voice, right? Okay. Oh, stop. I want you to feel my way along you, all over you, and up and down you, and in and out. Ooh. Particularly in and out. Ooh, that's just what I need at the moment. Is it? <laughs> oh, Take God. I'll just live inside your trousers or something. It would be much easier. <laughs> what are you going to turn into? A pair of knickers? <laughs> <laughs> or are you going to come back as a pair of knickers? <laughs> or, oh, God forbid, a Tampax. <laughs> just my luck. Fuck you, Charles, man. I'm hanging up. <laughs> oh, you complete idiot. <laughs> what a wonderful idea! All yeah, right. like listen, I, I, I have, I have not been a, a partaker in um, phone sex, <laughs> right? But I think even I know that if you're having phone sex with somebody, as soon as you start talking about periods and period tools, that's going to be a passion killer, surely. Uh, I'm going to be a really. What's the word for something that shooks up stuff? Um. Moisture, sponge. I'm going to be. Oh, it doesn't matter. It's just not on yes. channels. And if that's your sexy toxic, you're going to be a fucking tampon. That's up to you. That's really yeah. up to you. Um, awful, awful chat. Right, mate. Next, next couple. No wonder um, Diana, Diana got herself killed. Um, right. <gasps> this is this is a good one. So Jonathan Ross, Jonathan Ross, and Russell Brand uh, leave offensive voicemails. For the guy that played Manuel in Faulty Towers, um, Andrew Sachs, basically. So I listened to this live, Jack. I heard this all going on. Did you this? Because, that's right. Okay, that, yeah, that's, I never knew this, mate. Right. Go. I was um, you know, I love Russell Brand and Russell Brand and Matt Morgan's podcast. I've been listening to and their radio shows for about fifteen years now. Um, oh. And this was the Radio Two show, which was a Saturday night, and it was basically he used to play two songs an hour, and the rest was just him and Matt vibing and chatting to guests and they had some of the guests they had on jack over the years was was mad they like jimmy savalon and all sorts of stuff back in the day right right um but basically what happened was matt morgan was on holiday and matt morgan was the producer and the kind of sensible person behind the duo well that's what a producer does basically is goes no wait like rap that don't say that or like they've got a brain on them yeah so as jonathan ross comes in to be the second guy Jonathan Ross comes in as a, as a sort of guest on the show, taking Matt's place, basically. And the two of them just, the personalities start vibing off each other, basically. And Jonathan Sachs was, sorry, Andrew Sachs was supposed to be on the show as a guest, but he didn't answer his phone. So they basically just started phoning and leaving voicemails, but kept it recording. <laughs> and they were making jokes about Faulty Towers. Uh, Russell Brand was making jokes about the fact that Andrew Sachs and Russell had both been in the bill. And halfway through one of the final messages, Jonathan Ross shouted out in the background, he fucked your granddaughter. <laughs> right, because Russell had basically banged Andrew yeah. Sachs' granddaughter. Um, there was then other messages. They kept phoning back, and Russell was like, ah, I'm very sorry, Andrew. I'm sorry for fucking your granddaughter and all this sort of stuff, right? And basically, it just became a bit of a farce. And um, I think the end of it was Russell Brand singing a song, which kind of takes us back to the Charles thing. Saying it was consensual, it was consensual, <laughs> it was consensual, and she wasn't menstrual. Oh, Jesus, <laughs> um, but here's the thing, right? This all went out. It was very, very funny. People laughed, and that was the end of it, mate. Right? 
Not a single person contacted the BBC to no. complain, right? Not a single person got in touch. Nobody cared. They just thought it was funny, right? Andrew Sachs didn't complain. He didn't get in touch with anybody about it either. A couple of days later, I think it was the Daily Mirror, started running the show, running the programme about it. They started telling everybody about it. And then people, after reading about it in the newspaper, started phoning up and complaining. Got offended, yeah. And it, it basically got the show cancelled. Um, Russell and Matt ended up taking it to... They went to TalkSport for a while, they went somewhere else, and then they just went purely podcasts after that. Um, and it just ruined the show, basically. It, it took Jonathan Ross off the BBC for quite some time as well. Aye. And I think at the time, Jonathan Ross was the BBC's highest paid star. Yeah, he would have been um, at the time. Uh, He's on ITV huge. now, so they can't watch his own, but... Aye, it was a huge, huge story. But it was a much much ado about nothing where the press made a massive story uh, rather than actual people who listened to it and were actually angry or upset at the time. There wasn't any. Um, but aye, it's, it's a different time. It wouldn't happen now. And Russell Brand, to be fair, totally transformed himself. That like He wouldn't be involved in something like that now either. But yeah. fuck me. I was, listening to, I was listening to a podcast the other day about, about tabloids and how they work. And I never really thought about this before until I listened to this podcast and they were saying like, when it comes to tabloids, like all, all of their stories can be based on a single person's quotes, basically. So if I went to a tabloid and said, um, my friend had sex with Robbie Williams, that then becomes a story because I say it and they can, they can quote it to me. But a lot of the time they will say to people like really leading questions. So a lot of the time when this was happening, it would have been literally speaking to anybody and going like that. Uh, did you hear Jonathan Ross um, phone that poor girl the other night? Was it a li- was it disgusting? And if the person goes, well, I suppose it was a little bit out of order, that becomes the headline as yeah. people think that that was out of order. And that's exactly what's happened here. Is it was a fucking, it's not a great joke, but the guy's not offended. The granddaughter's not offended. Nobody's offended, and then suddenly it becomes this massive deal, and it gets them cancelled. And I suppose we were talking about going back to the the starting point of cancel culture. No, we were speaking about the starting point of reality TV. This is probably one of the starting points of cancel culture. It was, yeah. It like felt, jumping on was. the piranhas going, I'd, one person doesn't like that, one person's picked up on it, and then suddenly you ask a person a leading question, and, and then that is the public opinion. It's shitty jokes, man. It's, it's not, it, but it's a joke, and that's thing. That's thing. But anyway, um, they kind of get cancelled over that, and he's ended up in ITV, so that will teach him. Do you remember the co- the canoe man, John Darwin? <laughs> I don't remember this one. No, I don't. That's a new one on me. Oh, I don't remember this this guy. Um, like he was a, a he was a teacher and a former prison officer called John Darwin, and he he disappeared off of the face of the earth and then turned up five years later in December 2007 I think um, after faking his own death in a canoeing accident not ring a bell? It starts to ring a bell actually yeah it does start to ring a bell that he, he just had appeared back as if from nowhere basically and that's it, he just turned up like that I'm back um, after people had claimed insurance money and stuff like that and that was the whole thing was like well your family Claimed all that money. You need to use it back, basically. Um, yeah. Like, how, a, how do you come up you with go, that? Sorry. I'm just saying, how do you, you come up with that plan? But it's like, where do you get to in your life where you think, right, I'm going to fake being dead. I can kind of get it if you're maybe under investigation for something. 
or whatever, but I think this guy just wanted the money. Is that, is that just what it is? Is it greed or whatever? Like I've got a life insurance policy for quarter of a million. I may as well just kill myself. Hello friends, Colin here. The looks, the charm and the brains behind Runter Memory. Just wanted to pop in and interrupt your listing pleasure to let you know about our Patreon and some changes that we've made to it recently. We've now introduced a £1 tier where you get absolutely hee-haw other than the sense of achievement that could only come from supporting two great guys like myself and Jack. We've also reduced the price of the two top tiers uh, by a pound on each of them just because we appreciate life is a little bit shit just now and uh, if we can make things a little bit better for people then we will so check us out at patreon.com forward slash wrong term memory and you'll be able to get early access to shows ad free and lots of bonus content yeah life insurance policy the benefit of that maybe the, the withdrawal or the writing off of loads of debts um getting yourself out of a situation i suppose yeah and just seems like you have a daft idea and it suddenly goes arms and legs and before before long you're you're in a canoe pretending <laughs> to die. <laughs> you're hiding in Brazil. Right, exactly. That's well, but bizarre. There's, there's a great one um from the from the olden days, so to speak. The olden days, that's a good one, yeah. About the time Hartlepool, uh, the people of Hartlepool got together to hang a monkey. Um basically <laughs> <Can't> a, chimp, <laughs> a monkey news. Uh, a chimp basically had washed ashore after a ship sunk. And I don't know what the monkey was doing on the ship, um, but the locals assumed it was a Frenchman. <laughs> and they did the only logical thing at the time was when one finds a rogue Frenchman, was they hung him. I <laughs> <laughs> um, don't know when this was, how long back it was, but yeah, the people of Hartlepool hung a chimp, basically. Yeah, I remember hearing one of these stories from back in the day as well about uh, a community hanging a pig because <laughs> a guy had that, like... <laughs> An ugly child, basically, that looked a little bit pig, pig-like, and he went like, "You obviously fucked a pig, mate." Uh, hung him and then killed the pig as well. So that th- this isn't so much of a scandal, just <laughs> absolute brilliance um, from a guy from Bristol, basically, who has been termed the Bristol Zoo car park man. The zoo thought he worked for the council, and the council thought he worked for the zoo. And he collected parking fares and things for twenty years, and he just fucked off. It's <laughs> amazing, isn't it? Like, there's quite a few variations of this story around the world, and I don't know yeah. how many of them are actually true or anything. But if it's true, then it's just tremendous. Like, what a what a thing to do! It's amazing. Yeah, we covered this one about the the burgers. Um, Shannon Matthews, you remember her? I do remember that, yeah. She, um, her family tried to say she was kidnapped um, and she was actually hiding under the bed. Um, I think she was from Liverpool. Yeah, and, she was. Um, it, became a, it became a scandal, basically, because the, the family went on the TV. They started doing appeals. It turns out the family were a bit scummy and uh, the, the, the mum's brother or the mum's boyfriend or something was the brains behind it. And he literally just told her to hide under her bed for a week. Um, there was a thing, there was a drama about it. I think with um, who was it that was in it that was quite famous. I can't think, but um, I want to say Robert Kalio, but it's not. But the, there was there was definitely a TV show about it. Yeah, yeah, there was, and it was it was it was quite good actually. It was quite a good dramatization of it actually. But yeah, it's just Shannon Matthews hiding under a bed. Yeah, and like you've got um, Pierce Morgan is still on the telly. 
he's like a judge in Britain's Got Talent. He's got his own fucking news show, basically, and people forget that he basically gets sacked for the mirror for faking soldier torture photos. I he 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 had photos of soldiers supposedly pissing on people and stuff ah, like but that. They were all and all fake. And he's still on the telly. So how much power does he wield in that like to reinvent himself as a, a guy that can sit alongside Simon Cowell, Amanda Holden and David Williams and pass judgment on whether people are talented or not? And people just go, oh, Piers Morgan, he's a little bit fucking right wing, but it's just, it is a bit bizarre when you drill down into it's, it like that, mate. It's, yeah, it's, I don't know what, what, what it was about him that he was able to kind of repackage himself when many, yeah. many couldn't, but I uh, fuck Piers Morgan. There's a yeah. good clip, there's a good, there was a good clip on that, you know that TV show, The Last Leg? Oh, wait, Adam something, the guy that's got one leg, basically. Yeah, the Australian guy one leg and he's got the guy with the funny hand as well that's yeah. on it. Um, they did their Christmas special, their review of the year last year, and James Acaster was on it and Lorraine Kelly. And he asked them all to name their hero of the year. And Lorraine Kelly said, Hear me out here, but I'm going to say Piers Morgan. Right? And James Acaster literally just jumped in and went, um, Go fuck yourself <laughs> to Lorraine Kelly. Um, and basically just went off on a rant about Piers Morgan. It was great. Uh, I know you're a fan of James Acaster. So yeah, I do like James Acaster. Like, um, Starting to, I say starting to fall out with Lorraine Kelly, but do you know that she claimed that Lorraine Kelly was a character, basically? She claimed that Lorraine Kelly was a character? Yes, because if you're an actor playing a character, you can, again, it's something to do with VAT or something like that. You, can, you don't pay as much tax, basically. So what she argued was Lorraine Kelly as a, a TV character that I play on telly and even though I'm still called Lorraine Kelly in real life, this is the real me and that's the fake Lorraine Kelly therefore any money that I make on Good Morning Britain or whatever fucking Good Morning Scotland I, I claim that as an actor rather than as a, a PLC basically, oh, as a company dear. Right, okay, what an idea Yeah, well I don't, know if, I don't even know if she won her case but like if you're making that much money, it's kind of like, I'm not saying you should be able to get away with it, but if it's a loophole that's there and it's not technically illegal. Yeah. She appeared like, in Coronation Street playing a character of Lorraine Kelly and Gail Platt shot her with a bow and arrow. Yeah, I, th- I think that was might have been one of her, like, argument points basically was, well, I played Lorraine Kelly and... Look, that, that's the character as well. And that's the character that I play on telly when I'm interviewing people. It's just a, I think. If you can get away with it, I suppose, why not? But it is fucking crazy. It's, it's like, that is kind of like a two-tier system, though, where it's one rule for a certain type of person, a certain type of job, isn't it? 100%, man. Not particularly a scandal, but do you remember the guy for East 17? Uh, eating hundreds of, uh, eat of potatoes and then he managed to drive over his own head. Fuck me, that's so good. Superb. Right, we've got some massive corruption before we get to the, the bit that I'm really looking forward to, which is the basically biggest scandals that happened in your high school. Um, this is what this has been leading up to, mate. But uh, massive corruption, lots of scandals that have basically shaken, shook, what's the right word? 
Do you know? Um, shook no shook up. Yeah, shook. Shook the world was shook, but yeah, I think I think shook was shook. Yeah, maybe. I think that's about right. Shaking, not stirred. Anyway, um, did you know that certain bribes paid abroad were technically tax deductible for German companies until 1999? Basically, they could simply categorise them as useful expenditures. <laughs> like I knew that was common in Nigeria, because um, I remember seeing a little bit of like. It might have been like Nigerian Apprentice or something like that. And one of the guys was like, what, what is that unusual expense? The guy basically went, uh, politician bribe. Like, to get simple away with it. Yeah, simple. Yeah. So that up until 23 years ago, you could do that in Germany, basically. A useful expense. Um, imagine having to pay a bribe, Jack, just to keep your job. Right. Chechens have had to do that every single month, because in Chechnya, <laughs> every everyone month. earning a wage pays an unofficial tax to an opaque fund which is controlled by the head of the Republic, a guy called Ramzan Kadrov. Yeah. I bet there's people, some people out there say, oh, that's what VAT is or whatever. It's some sort of fucking bribe tax. But um, <laughs> there's no Big Macs in Tunisia. Um, that's because the McDonald's franchise was awarded to a business that didn't have connections to the ruling family and the government stopped fast food change from entering the country, basically. Jesus, so, okay. Uh, if you're heavy ganting for a McDonald's in Tunisia, you're fucked. Uh, that's, that's bad because Big Macs are needed because they're the worldwide um, economy already reckoner, aren't they? So ah, they're one of them. Yeah, I wonder yeah. how, they, how they judge that in Tunisia now. Um, here's some things, Jack. A golf course, an ostrich farm, a private yeah. zoo, and yeah. a full-size Spanish galleon um, were just some of the attractions in a place called Miseria. Uh, a multi-million dollar, 137 hectare estate of Ukraine. Power to Ukraine, by the way. Uh, yeah. Former President uh, Viktor Yankovych. Uh, according to a recent study, more than one-fifth of Russia's population lived in poverty and 36% are at risk of poverty. And this Russian laundromat, a massive money laundering scheme, siphoned off somewhere between 20 to 80 billion in fraudulent funds away from public services and the citizens that need them most. And that was probably one of the reasons why. So that this guy, uh, the former president of Ukraine, could have all this stuff. Well, that's it. Like, like I noticed, that I, I didn't put them all in here, but a lot of these sort of really massive money laundering businesses are called laundromats. So there's like a Russian laundromat, a Ukrainian laundromat, a Bosnian laundromat, because they're they're just that high level. And that's what they're called. That's the sort it's of name funny, for isn't them. It? Yeah, like, because it, you kind of think of the, like, the actual laundromat be a cash business that then launders money, and then it, it's got that double meaning, and that's what they call these massive multinational billion pound things, is laundromats, basically. Um, yeah, we got the Panama Papers, do you remember them? So, I'm looking forward to you saying this one, because I have heard of the Panama Papers, but I have no idea what they are. Right, so the Panama Papers... Um, sort of got leaked. I don't know if it was WikiLeaks that leaked them. But basically, it, it showed that Panama had 214,000 shell companies for individuals. So these individuals opened shell companies in Panama and it was all fucking like politicians, public officials, but not just that. It was like celebrities and shit like that. Right. Right, so there was like... Like, I don't presume... Alec Baldwin's listening, and he, if he is, I'm sorry, mate, because it might not be you, but it was like Hollywood celebrities and these shell companies to save millions and millions in tax, basically. Right, it okay. would, um, 
Like there was twelve government leaders as well. Um, thirty-three individuals, the companies who were blacklisted. So basically, in your own country, like say Vladimir Putin, well, not him, but Vladimir Putin, for example, would be blacklisted in Russia. You can't own a company. So what you would do would be opening a shell company in Panama, so that you could siphon that money and launder it, basically. But it was like, I want to see Sean Penn. So his name, his name really jumps out to me. Is that Sean Penn was one of these guys that sort of got leaked? I'm pretty sure it was WikiLeaks, but it was basically just a fucking money laundering cleaning scheme again. Basically, um, the United States government um, were pretty, pretty angry about it because a lot of these people were were sanctioned because of human rights violations, human trafficking, terrorism, and stuff like that. So, like uh, Osama bin Laden might have been a cunt that owned a Panamanian company so that he could launder his money, basically. And the Panamanian government literally didn't give a fuck. <laughs> they couldn't have cared less, so... Fair enough. Um, two more this last one, Yeah, two more. So this other one's quite interesting. Uh, Teodorin Obiang, um, his Instagram account basically celebrated a thing called hashtag Luxury Living, where he showed off his mansions, the millions of dollars worth of Michael Jackson memorabilia that he had. And all these supercars, however, actually came out that he funded this lifestyle by embezzling funds from the Equatorial Guinea, uh, where he served as vice president to his own father. Yeah, a little bit of nepotism. Um, can you whack that? You know, your dad's your president, so you just become vice president, and that is you. I don't think having an interest in football, uh, we, we can't not just cover FIFA, basically. I don't like, think FIFA's got to come into this somewhere, yeah. Yeah, back in 2015, I think nine of the current members uh, at the time were charged with racketeering, money laundering, and basically just fucking over the whole sporting landscape. And there was, uh, in quotes here, a rampant, systematic and deep-rooted corruption that was um, starkly brought into global focus. Uh, There was the American guy, there was Jack Warner, all these guys basically just getting massive, massive brown envelopes for the money. There's probably more of it going along than you think. Like, it's you, you find out a little bit about it through FIFA, but I bet there's people doing it at every single federation, at every single level, because there's just too much money and too much nonsense in that game now. And I, I don't believe that there's just a few of them that are at it. They'll all be at it. That's it. Do you know what? This has went longer again than I thought it was gonna, and that this is really snidey, but I, I don't care. We're gonna we're gonna finish this now, right? And see the really fucking good stuff, <laughs> the real good bonus content. It's going on Patreon, guys. <laughs> so if you want to listen to the really good fucking red out red at high school stuff, it costs you three pound, man. <laughs> oh, that's gone on audible again but yeah 47 minutes is about our limit for a show at the moment so yes uh, we will give the forum stories the reddit stories and stuff out as um, additional content over the next couple of weeks over on the Patreon um, please do check us out on there guys it's £3 a month and it lets Jack and I live the life that we've become accustomed to which uh, is pretty high flying let's be guys. honest yes yeah. it is um, we've been eating we're eating uh, pie sports, donor meat kebabs now every day for breakfast. That's the kind of life we've got now. So yeah, I've got constant heartburn. That's the way it goes. Uh, yeah, so uh, patreon.com forward slash long term memory and you'll get the really good stuff. But as always, guys, thanks for tuning in. We'll speak to you. We'll speak to you soon.
Bye.